Welcome to the podcast Heal with the Real. I interview women that have been through domestic and narcissistic abuse to show that there is life after abuse. And these are all women that have gone through trauma to triumph. And tonight's guest on the podcast is Marcia Hilton. Ready? So hi, um, welcome to Heal with the Real. Heal with the Real began because of my journey to transformation through domestic and narcissistic abuse. And each week um, on a Wednesday evening, we do Heal with the Real and I invite women that are strong survivors of domestic abuse to share their stories and to share that there is life after abuse. And tonight, I am absolutely honoured to have Marcia Hilton on the show. She's an absolute beautiful soul. Um, Marcia, do you want to just introduce yourself, say a little bit about what you do? Um, and, and yeah, over to you. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for your beautiful introduction. <laughs> so I'm Marcia. I am... Um, a life coach. I'm, I'm a recovery coach. I specialise in supporting women. I help women break free from the patterns of toxic relationships. I help them to create healthier new ones, first and foremost with themselves and then, and then with others. So my background is, is in the healthcare industry. So I was a nurse. Um, I retrained as a physician associate. So I practice medicine and in between that, some education as well. So I was a lecturer um, around medical education as well. So that's a little bit about me. I'm a mom and a grandma as well. So yeah. How many grandchildren? I've got five. Oh, wow. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how many children? I've got three, three sons. Okay. Yeah. yeah, same as me, three boys. I've got all boys. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, how did you get into becoming a coach? Wow. Okay. Um, it it kind of, I kind of fell into it really. Um, a little bit about my background. Um, as I said to you, I, I was a nurse. I was working in the healthcare industry and a bit later on more recently as a, as a physician associate or PA. In between all of that, I would my side hustle would be working with women's groups. So, you know, people may call on me to maybe do, um, you know, do something for International Women's Day or you know, run a workshop. Um, and what I found was, you know, I'd be chatting to, to, to women and we'd have the similar conversations about relationships and how they were just going wrong and I could relate so much to to what they were saying but I myself you know most of my adult life um from being you know single mom quite early um I was 19 when I had my first child um and most of my adult life has been in toxic relationships I couldn't quite understand why there was this pattern that was happening and I didn't really understand why that was um, and I don't think I necessarily really thought you know sat down and really analyzed that I just thought you know it was just a bad relationship and you kind of move on but what I found was um, they were quite toxic and I did not especially later on as well I didn't realize that I was actually um, in narcissistic toxic relationships my very first relationship was with domestic you know abuse 
Um, and I vowed then that I would never be in a relationship again where, you know, a man would lay his hands on me. Um, but I didn't realize, I had no clue that you could still be abused and not even know that that's what yeah. is happening to you. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of my work is, is, is around that. Yeah. Okay. So talk me through, so you're 19, you've had a baby and you're in a domestic abusive relationship. So talk me through the beginning of that and how, uh, you know, the, the story about that and how that happened. Right. So um, I had, had, I was a single parent and then I, I met somebody and um, everything was wonderful. It's fabulous. Um, I was just having a, a great time and I thought I'd met the one and it was great the relationship was fine but slowly but surely there were little things that weren't adding up so there'd be the little drip 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 of you know the little put downs here and there um, you know the kind of undermining here and there you know a little bit of controlling here and there and as time went on, I was losing my self-esteem. I didn't know necessarily um, what was, was happening to me. I wanted to get back to that place where everything was wonderful, but something had gone wrong and I thought it was my fault because there wasn't anything that I could hang it on initially. Um, and I saw, so it had to be my fault. And then as time went on, it became more and more abusive so there was the verbal abuse um, and then it became physical and I remember um, you know and, and I stayed in that I stayed in that for, for quite some time a few years and people would say well why don't you just leave you know um, and I didn't realize at that time that I was actually trauma bonded to this to this person um, and so um, to cut a long story short I managed to, to, to kind of leave that relationship um, and vowed that I would never be there again. Um, and there was a long gap. I think I'd lo kind of lost trust with, um, with men. Um, I didn't trust relationships. So it was a long time. I had a long gap before I met. How old were you then, Marcia? When I left there, I was probably sort of mid twenties, so 25. Um, and, and after that, everything was about my kids. So it was, everything was poured into them, my children, my career. Um, and I was, was happy carrying on, getting on with life. Um, I think what happened was when I met the, my next major um, love of my life, if you, if you will, um, was maybe about 16, 17 years ago. And that was like, nothing that I'd experienced before it was really intense it was very quick I hadn't necessarily set out to be in a long-term relationship but um, it happened very quickly and very intense and that ended really badly um, and you know he left emigrated went abroad however and, and it, it was and again at that point I didn't realize it was a narcissistic relationship I remember being really um you know, normal relationships, you break up and, you know, you might eat ice cream for a bit and, you know, three few months and then you, you're good. But this, you know, my grief went on for a long time. Um, and again... Do you remember some of the 
can you remember some of the things, Marcia, that um, you, what, what made you think it was a narcissistic relationship? Can you remember some of the things that happened to make right. you think that? Well, I didn't know. I didn't think any of that at that point. Okay. It was only um, after a 15-year gap we reconnected. And um, again, I mean, it was 15 years later. I'm wiser. You know, I'm assuming he's wiser. We reconnected. And again, it happened really quickly, much more mature. And I thought that this time it would work. Um, once I was in the relationship, he actually told me that he had a clinical diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder and I didn't even then I didn't didn't get it because in my head a narcissist is somebody who is very overt who is very loud they're extra you see them come in a mile off you, you give them a wide berth that to me you know it's all me 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 that to me was what I thought was a narcissist and I remember saying oh well we're all on the spectrum you know to some degree and you certainly don't, don't look like that to me because he was very charming, very, very charming. People loved him. You know, nobody would even think that this person could be capable of, of, of abuse, you know, albeit it was emotional. And for me, actually, I think that's worse than, than the physical. Me too. That's my, I completely agree. My take. Yeah. And, um, and again, it was the kind of gaslighting. So, you know, sometimes it say stuff and then I would maybe challenge that and it would be well I didn't say that right okay you know um then there would be um the silent treatment so I'd not speak to you know he wouldn't speak to me you know for days and I'd be like well what's going on you know um and just you know the things that you know he really liked about me initially were the things that he now was was putting me down about um, and I actually, and it was just this slow, insidious drip, drip of all these little things that were being said and done. And the thing is, even when things were okay, there was always this gut feeling that I had that something wasn't right. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I would actually dismiss it and, and, and brush it to one side. It would be, oh, Marcia, you just you're being silly, you know, he hasn't done anything, so what's that? And so my thing is, whenever your gut is telling you something, because your gut is like your second brain, you know? It so is, yeah. yeah. If you are feeling something, take that as a red flag, you know, and, and, and listen to your intuition, listen to what your body is saying, you know, because we get the signs, we know, innately, we know, it's, we just choose to, ignore it and that's exactly what I've done um yeah can I just go back to when you said um when you in your very first relationship you'd said that your friends would say why don't you leave now that, this is a really common thing that I find and I'm sure that you do too that that's what people say and it's one of the most awfulest things to say to somebody that's in an abusive relationship. Why don't you just leave? Because there's so many reasons why people don't leave, isn't there? Absolutely. And I know that you mentioned trauma bond. Mm. What is, if listeners, can you explain what trauma bond is? Okay, so there is, um, I don't know if people have heard of something called the Stockholm Syndrome. 
Now, this is um, a story happened somewhere in, in Stockholm a few years back where there was, a, um, I think there was a hostage situation and there were some women that were, were held hostage. At the end of that, the one of the women actually um, paid bail for one of her um, captive captors and the other one married the other one. So what was happening, even though they were the, the perpetrators, they were the abusers, there was this re intermittent reinforcement that they were being given. So one minute they've been treated bad and the next minute they're getting crumbs. So you're always wanting to get back to this place where everything is, is, is good. And there's, you know, there's this codependency that, that we end up having. So we are in, you know, I was insecure um, and I was always trying to get back to that place of, you know, when it was all good. So there's that little bit of reinforcement that they, they give you, whether that's intentional or not, but they, they do that. So you get the crumbs and you think everything's good and then it's all bad again. So it's that intermittent reinforcement that keeps you bonded. And there's that whole codependency thing that we've got going on as well. Yeah. And what's um, your thoughts about if somebody said, you know, why don't you just leave? What's your thoughts around that, Marcia? Right. For me, um, I mean, before I even knew what all of this was, um, it's, it's, you know, I, I would feel bad because it's like, yeah, why, don't I, why didn't I just leave? So yeah. there, was, there was that whole guilt thing, you know, why I didn't understand why I stood I was still there you know it was like what 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 can I do to change that, that that narrative why am I still there I must be so weak I must be you know I'm so awful because you know how rubbish am I because I, I've stayed what people don't realize is that it's trauma that keeps us in that relationship yeah it's the whole um trauma bonding that keeps us there it is you know you you know it's not a normal relationship when you're dealing with somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder so when I talk about narcissism I'm actually talking about the disorder because you know narcissism is, is, is on a spectrum and we tend to you know we, we bandy that word around so much you know if somebody behaves in a you know be entitled they're a narcissist well actually no narcissistic personality disorder is very serious yeah. it's a serious condition and they affect people in such awful, awful ways. So I, I, I think I want—I just wanted to, to sort of be clear about that. And, you know, so I would say to anybody who says to somebody, why don't you just leave? Can I ask that they don't say that? What yeah. they need to be doing is to be helping, you know, supporting um, that person to maybe have a plan so that they can escape. You have to remember that there's lots of different things going on at the same time. So there's a the whole controlling aspect of it as well. Um, they isolate you from people around you, from your loved ones, you know? So there's a whole range of things that go on. People don't necessarily believe you as well. You know, they will turn things on you and, and gaslight you as well. So there's, there's all lots of different nuances that keep people in those kind of relationships. And it isn't just, why don't you just leave? Yeah. Yeah. And when when you were talking about um, all these different things, you know, making a plan, how important because this is this is something that I think is super important. If you're in an abusive relationship and it's really hard to 
get make that contact with the outside world if you have been um closed off from your family and your friends um you know to make a plan how important is that to secretly try and make a plan or to have a bag that you can just pack ready hidden somewhere mm. that you can just take with you it, it, it sounds you know um easier said said than done it's 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 a couple of things really I mean I'm not advocating for anyone to leave their relationship I'm not telling people to do that but if you're in a place where you're you're not wanting to be there anymore or you feel like you're in danger then you do really need to be thinking about how you know how can you can you get out the first thing um I would say is acceptance accept that this thing happened has happened to you and that this wasn't actually your fault and that you deserve better and I know it's easy to say that when when you're out of it when you're in it you need to be thinking about what can you do to protect yourself remember that you are worthy so the first thing would be if there is somebody that you can talk to if there's, you know, maybe I don't know if, if you'll be able to, you know, somebody at work or somebody who you can talk to that is going to be objective about what's happening to you and to start to, you know, and talk to them and to think about, right, how can you, how can you remove yourself from, from this? So it's, it's almost like having a, a little toolkit. Number one is having people that you can talk to, to be able to get stuff off, off your mind. Secondly, it's, it's about having somebody legally from a legal perspective that can help you in terms of, um, you know, especially if you're married and there's, there's children involved, can talk to you about the, the sort of legal aspects of things. If you are, um, maybe put a little something away until you, you know, you, you know, you know, have a bank account that you can just drop some money in so that you have enough money to pay, you know, first or second month's rent for somewhere else you know um without letting you know your perpetrator know you know yeah. uh, and so those are these kind of practical things that that you can do so it's really about having someone you can talk to keeping safe know who you need to be able to contact so having a list of you know finding out doing some research and finding out about organizations that can support you having someone to talk to having a legal person a professional person that can can help you get you know with those kind of legalities and prepare to to leave you know have somebody to help you to do that sometimes that's that's not always possible but um and you might not do it straight away but you know you can have these things going on in in your mind and you know talking to somebody whether that's somebody that is objective or whether that's a professional person can, can help you with with um, your get out plan but I think the thing to remember is also is that when you've been in those kind of relationships and you, you do come out especially if it's um, a narcissistic relationship one of the things that I would say is you can easily get reeled back in so it's really about no contact absolutely cutting off completely and that's really hard that's really hard I know I had to sit on my hands a lot of the time because they have you sort of trauma bonded to the point where you just want to pick up the phone and, and call. But if you go back there, you, you know, they won't ever forgive you. Yeah. They will not forgive you and your life will be even worse. They may love bum you back in, in the beginning, but then they'll always remember that you've left. 
and they will use that against you. So the, the best thing really is to just, just cut off and move on with your life. And, you know, one of the things I said earlier was about acceptance, accepting the fact that this person that you love didn't exist, that you were in love with an illusion, yeah. you know, that this person intentionally set out to hurt you. And that's really hard. The other thing that I would say is um, allow yourself space to grieve as well, because grief, you need to grieve. A lot of the times we get out of these things and it's like, and I've done that myself, right? I'm out of it now. Let me just push that under the carpet. Let me just move on with my life and get on with it. And we haven't dealt with the trauma of that. And part and parcel of that is the grief because you are grieving what, what could have been. You're grieving all of those things and it will show up in disguised ways. So you um, disguised grief, for example, is things like, you know, when you become bitter, when you become critical, you know, so when people use those words, you know, they're critical of someone else or, or you know, it will show up in those kind of behaviours. And that's what I would call disguised grief. Um, and, and those are the things that we need to really process and, and, and work through. Um, and you're so right, Marcia, you know, when you're saying if you haven't grieved. For me, when I was in um, an abusive relationship and then more recently a narcissistic relationship, then I what, what brought to the surface was the whole thing because I'd never done that. I'd never grieved. I'd never gone through that, that process of that self-acceptance. And um, so because I've never done that, then there was a whole raft of work that I had to do personally. Um, and so you're so right, you know, um, I here's me thinking, you know, this was years ago and I should have got over that. And, you know, it was, what you know, under the carpet. Mm. But yeah. what it did was brought it to the surface when I, again, was in, um, you know, that narcissistic relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you... So self-acceptance, how do you do, what, what would you advise people to practice self-acceptance? Because it's hard, isn't it? If you've been in an abusive relationship, you know, you don't like yourself, you've got these, this low self-worth, no confidence because they've tap, 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 tap at you till you've got no confidence. How do you then become self-accepting? Right. When I said um, acceptance, it's self-accepting, but accepting what has happened as well, because nothing right. is going to change what has happened. When we resist that, that makes us ill because yeah. we hold that trauma in our body. Accepting that this is what it is and we can't change it. We can't go back and rewrite the narrative. And it's so we, it's about that yeah, it happened. This is what it is. This person didn't love. It's telling yourself the truth. It's acknowledging the truth of, of what has happened. Because we will try and find a way to make an excuse for why this happened. I did this or I wasn't good enough or I wasn't whatever. And I think a couple of things that we can do to, to, to bring ourselves to that place of acceptance and self-acceptance that this is where I'm at. I'm here now and I know that things need to change. 
so that I don't attract or go into something similar in the future. So it's that acceptance, you get to that place of, I need to change. It's when you get to there, that's when you start to think, that's when you're moving into self-acceptance. You know, and a couple of questions that you could ask yourself is, um, who am I? Ask yourself that, who am I? You know, um, who was I before this person? You know, who was I before this happened to me? So, you know, really kind of, sort of reflect on, on, on those questions, you know, and, you know, who am I becoming now? Where is my life going? And part of that whole thing around acceptance is, is forgiveness as well. And I think forgiveness is absolutely key to your freedom. It really is. Absolutely. And people get mixed up. People tend to think that forgiveness is about letting the other person off the hook. And it is so not that yeah. at all. Yeah. Forgiveness is, is your freedom. Because forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about it's about yourself being able to let all of that let that go and that's not easy to do you know so a lot of my work is 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 around the whole forgiveness thing so and and understanding what it is and what it actually isn't you know um so yeah and if you can get to that point that's that's the starting point for you so you know like with the work that I do I have um like a framework that I use um, and so the, the, the and it's like you know the triangle framework a bit like Maslow's hierarchy of need and so the, the foundation is that self-awareness that's the bit where I know things need to change so we're looking yeah. at our three perceptions you know so um how do I see myself you know you know how do others see me and who am I really so it's who am I really how do I really see myself and how do other people see myself if that makes sense so yeah. once we can get our head around that then we can kind of move on to the next bit which is all about exploration exploration looking at it might be that you have to go back a little bit to see what is the root what was the root that's caused me to be in this place here and oftentimes we'll find that something has happened in in, in childhood you know and and you know there's been a, a trauma there or a major hurt there um, and it doesn't always necessarily have to be, you know, you were abused, you know, um, or anything like that. It could be a teacher that said something really awful to you or, you know, people have put you down. These things really impact on you. And when we talk about trauma, we think of trauma as um, a, a, a major incident that's happened. You know, so it could be a car crash. It could be a, a rape or a loss of limb or something like that. And we yeah. see that as trauma. Um, what I call big T traumas and then you've got the little T traumas which are the everyday drip drip of being put down told you're not good enough you know all of these things that build up over a period of time and have just as much impact on you and on your self-esteem and on your body physically as if you've had a major T trauma and understanding yeah and understanding that trauma is not the event it's the experience, it's how you experience that, that event and how it brings overwhelm onto the body. That's the trauma and that's yeah. that we need to be working with. Yeah, and you're so 
through you know I, it really resonated with me when you spoke about you know the younger you know it could be something from your you know your childhood and like you say it can be something just really small you know I, I had a really good upbringing from my mum and dad but I do remember small things like you know I used to be called mini Alma my mum was a big lady so I always had that con you know that um thought that I was always um fat or you know there, there was always this in the back of my mind so there, there's just little things that build up you know bullying at school yeah, things like that absolutely. that are built up to why um you are like you are yeah. um so I think you're right just like unpicking all that yeah. really really helps and then yeah. forgiveness absolutely you know it's about forgiving you not forgiving the perpetrator the abuser yeah. it's about just being able to forgive ourselves and say right I now understand why yeah. um this has happened to me um you know and and putting it in the past because that's the thing isn't it the past is the past Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know and if we always live in our past we'll always be depressed absolutely and, th and that's what we do we do that all the time you know we live in the here and now and we're always bringing in the there and then you know the there and then into the here and now and we do that in 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 relationships and even if you have you go on to have a, a you know a, a partner that is healthy you're going to bring in the there and then into the here and now. And until you've done that, you know, and spoiled that relationship. So until you've done that work, you need to become and, and integrate all those splintered parts that had happened, you know, of in the there and then. Only until we've done that can we kind of move on to have, you know, yeah. more richer and healthier um, relationships, you know, um, in every way not just in the yeah. relationships, but, you know, work, friends, family. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing, so where, so Marcia, you went back with this um, man um, who came back into your life 15 years later. Then what happened after that? What was the journey after that? Uh, we were due to get married and it was all good. Everything was wonderful. Um, but again, it was these, these drip, drip, drip of little things that just weren't sitting right. Um, and they will do things like spoil special occasions. So we were due to go on holiday, spoil that. Um, I remember, and I'm just trying to control everything. So I remember <laughs> when we went on holiday, um, I, I am a little bit, I can be a little bit lastminute.com. So I was changing some money into euros at the airport and it was like don't do that it's fine don't worry about it and he insisted so I said okay you know but that then meant that it controlled everything financially so I wasn't able not even a glass of wine at my meal wow. so and and so it was that kind of thing that was that was that was happening for me and yeah very very uncomfortable I mean there's lots of the things that I that I could say, but you know that was that's one example. Um, the whole thing of you know one minute you know you're great, you know you look good, or you know you put a dress on it, be like, oh why are you wearing that? You look awful, you know. And then last week it was, oh you look great in that, you know. So and it was just messing with your head all the time. It's this psychological thing, like have your second guessing yourself, having you doubt yourself. 
And over over time, we really, you know, went, you know, I'm a professional woman, you know, I'd like to think that I'm intelligent enough to not get myself into that. And then it's like, how did I get here? How, how has this happened? You know? Um, And I remember when it all came to a head, um, I remember, I remember packing all his things because the other thing is they leave their stuff around. So that's an avenue for them to kind of come back. Um, And I kind of got to that place where I'd made the decision that that I was going to draw a line under it. And it meant that I had all his stuff was there and I packed up everything. And I remember taking it to a charity shop um, and he liked his designer this and designer that. So they were really good stuff, you know. And I remember taking all these things to the charity shop. And I remember the people, you know, behind the counter were like, oh, this is all great stuff. And, and then I gave them rules because that was the other thing. He, he was always very, um, was always, he was the person that would always give you gifts. Um, and everybody thought he was wonderful. So nobody could understand when it, it all kind of went belly up. It must have been to be Marcia you know because he was so charming and all of that so I remember handing everything over including my rings and I remember you know I'll never forget she was saying to her colleague oh we can sell these on eBay and get loads of money and all of that and I remember standing there and feeling really empty really like I wasn't like I wasn't even there it was just it was I can't even it was just numb. There was this numbing that I was experiencing while I was handing all of these up over. And I was thinking, my God, is this the what it's come to? Everything that I had invested into this relationship is now in a secondhand shop here. Yeah. And I handed everything over. And I remember sort of driving home and just collapsing in a heap you know and just thinking oh my god and cried you know for hours for hours and once I'd kind of spent myself it was like okay dust off where where are you gonna go from here Marcia it can only be up so I had to and I had to intent be intentional about everything that I did and so for quite a time after that was really hard I'm not saying that this was easy because it wasn't um it was really hard what happened how I got to that point I actually something popped up on my phone and it was an article about narcissism and I remembered when it said that he he got a clinical diagnosis and when I read that did you know what a narcissist was at that point not really even though I'm a professional person, you know, and, you know, I know a little bit about mental health, I had no idea really what, what a narcissist was until I read that article and it blew my mind. I felt vindicated and crushed all at the same time. I can't even explain how that felt. It was like, now I know what was happening to me. If I had I not read that, I'd still be thinking, it's, you know, what the heck? Because they were never going to give you closure. That for me was my closure when I read that. And then I kind of was like obsessively reading and Googling everything about it and learning everything that I could. I mean, I'd go to work, you know, come home from work and have something to eat and I'd be on the laptop till early hours. And I was doing this for months. 
and it was like to one day I thought master this is not healthy you know you need to not be doing this anymore and so and, and you know and then I kind of had to catch myself but I also had to get help to kind of help me to process a lot of this because there's a lot of damage psychological and emotional damage it is not like a normal relationship it's not a normal breakup with these people you know um and it takes a lot to kind of get yourself you need to put in the work because you know you need to put in the work to move yourself on yeah what were what where did you start because for me I had to practice self-love that was a big thing for me Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of my journey. Um, and a bit like you, I went on YouTube and I didn't, because I'd been ghosted for two weeks and I was like, oh, what do I do? You know, if I've been ghosted and then somebody came, there was a coach that came up on you on YouTube that talked about narcissism and codependency and the same as you. And then the algorithm, what that did was take me to more people that yeah. talked about it. You know, and I was the same as you. I was just searching, researching, finding out more about it because, like you, I didn't know what narcissism was. And you know, when I found out this this coach was talking about narcissism and codependency, it was something in my gut went, "Wow, I now know why, or you know, why this is happening." Yeah. Um, so my journey started with the self love. Um, so yeah, I just wondered how you started your journey of self-love yeah I think it was the journey of self-love for me was 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 acceptance knowing that none of this is my fault when I understood that when I understood that it's he this person was disordered that was the beginnings for me to to be able to kind of lift my head back up and think right this is where I can move on so yeah, it was about the self-love because my, my self-esteem was in my boots. You know, there was so much shame attached around, around it, isn't there? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so you, you, yeah, so, and you, you can hide away, but it was about that. It was about resilience, having that emotional resilience as well. Um, that more emotional intelligence to be able to bounce back. So it was around doing the self-love. Um, it was around surrounding myself with people who had done the work and and I got a lot of inspiration from that as well um I did the you know the the reading I did you know the sort of deep breathing exercises I did all those things you know the self-compassion was a big one for me because I could do all the self-care stuff but if I didn't have self-compassion then everything else that I'm doing is not it's not fully complete so I had to kind of look at that and be gentle with myself because I had I was giving myself a hard time so I had to learn to be gentle with me and you know that having that self-compassion which led to the the, you know the self-care you know and the self-love so that I think that's that's the place where we have to start we have to do the the healing and the trauma work for me understanding that because honestly I'm the sort of person that will just analyze everything to death and it's like why was I there what happened to me why did I do this you know so I had to go and one of the things is I had to dig deep I had to go to those places within me that I didn't want to go you know it's about 
being brave and courageous enough to address those things that are deep set within you. It's about shining the light on that on those shadow parts. Because when you shine the light on those shadow parts, the darkness can't exist. It can't stay. It can't stay. And it moves you to a next to a next level, you know. And and one of the things that I used to tell myself was, there is nothing creative in a low vibe. So I have to bring my vibe up. up. Yeah. I cannot be, there's nothing creative in low energy. Bring myself up. And so those were, you know, it was the kind of pep talks that I would give myself as well. But educating myself around what had happened, understanding yeah. that was, was what, what helped me. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? And like some people think, oh, well, self-love. What is self-love? Is it getting in a bath with, you know, some candles? Um, you know, self-love isn't that, is it? You know, that's more self-care. It's yeah. more the, you know, do, pampering self- yourself. But I call Absolutely. self-love is really yeah. that deep inner work. Deep inner work. It's also about setting boundaries for yourself you know and sometimes you know I use the term boundary sometimes you know I might reframe that um because sometimes when you bound when you say boundary you're putting a fence to protect yourself and yes we do have to do that but we don't want to be blocking anybody else out so I like to kind of use the term um, standards setting standards for yourself you know knowing what your values are you know those are the things that are going to really elevate your your spirit you know knowing what your values are and sticking with those and you know they're non-negotiable they're non-negotiable once you know what those are spend time finding out what they are and 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 let no one because what what you find when you're in a narcissistic relationship is that your boundaries keep moving or your your standards keep changing to fit them you know so things that were important to you you shift for them to accommodate them no more of that which is people pleasing is yeah it? absolutely and that's yeah. what we do isn't it you know we be we be these people pleasers to you know to keep everything at, at peace and yeah. you know and it's it, like you say you need those boundaries in your life you need to put those boundaries of what you will accept and what you won't accept yeah so for me, I started journaling. Journaling was a huge thing for me. Yes. And I journal every morning. Um, and I come from, I use gratitude a lot because I think when you, for, for me in my morning, I will get up, I will journal and I will write down three things that I'm grateful for. And they can be the smallest of things. Mm-hmm. The things that we take for granted every day, you know, um, it might be that we've, we've just got up and we've, we're alive, you know. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be breathing air. I'm grateful to be out in the sunshine. You know, all those small things that we just take every day for granted. For me, when I came from a place of gratitude, it kind of turned the way that I thought. Um, is there anything particular that you do? Actually, um, one of the things that I always always tell my clients actually and did for myself and still do is the journaling I mean that is such a fantastic tool for healing you know and I have a friend Jackie Bailey who who is you know, that's what she does 
and um, I always um, direct to her to do her free courses when she's got them going because they that's that's key it is it is about being grateful it is about having gratitude you know it is about looking at all the other good stuff that we've got going on for us you know because there always will be you know you said something I was reminded as you were speaking um when I was one day, one day I was I was trying to journal and it was like oh well, I only went to work and came home nothing much happened and I had to really think about it and I remember this particular day I was thinking hey, well, nothing happened I just went to work and came home and then it was like when I really thought about it I thought about the conversations I had with the patient and you know the laughter that we had together you know having my coffee bought by consultant you know he took us all down for, for coffee you know little things like that you know nice things that had happened throughout the day but because we're not focused on that all we do is we focus on the bigger picture we're not focusing on on those those things those are the th little things that will bring joy and the other thing is if you have um for me, my faith is 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 a big one for me. You know, um, I I am a believer. You know, and for me, prayer is really is 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 good, and and meditation is is my go tos as well. So um, that for me is you know is the is my gold standard. Yeah, I love meditation. That's something that I do. I I do it. On on an evening I have um, a sleep meditation and actually when you meditate on an evening and and even if you leave it on mm. um your subconscious is still absorbing everything that is in that meditation so if you uh, if you've gone to sleep with um, a guided meditation on you're still absorbing all that information and it's such an amazing tool to just quieten your mind because I think we're just that busy with all the things that have gone on in the past or the things that have gone on through the day or we've got to do this we've got to do that and just taking that time to breathe and have quieten your mind Absolutely. is so important isn't it meditation amazing absolutely and as you've mentioned that one of the things that i would say is um that we we can track trauma gets stored in our body so we will feel anxious so sometimes we're just anxious or we've got anxiety and depression and all of those things doing the med you know things like meditation prayer whatever you know pilates you know those kind of movement you know embodiment somatic movements you know um is will help to to calm down the nervous system because it's the nervous system that carries the trauma you know remember the, the nervous system is there to kind of um protect us it's there for survival keeps us alive and when we are traumatized in that way it's held in the body and will manifest in things like autoimmune disease um uh IBS, you know, bloating stomach, you know, anxiety, all of those things. When we do the things like journaling, when we do the things like meditation, when we do things like Pilates, I know some people do yoga and all of those things, it's dampening down your nervous system. There are tools that I actually share with, with, with my clients as well that actually helps to do that. It's what I call um, emotional first aid and you know, give them, just to bring them down and help to get them in their bodies you know yeah 
What's a typical day? What's a typical day like for Marcia Hilton? <laughs> oh, for me, a typical day is um, when, when I'm awake and I'll do, you know, my prayers and journaling, then get my grandson up for school because he, he lives with me. And then it's a madhouse then. So we're all running around getting him to school. <laughs> yeah, getting him to school. Um, and depending on, and then when he's at school, I'll come back because um, I work from home. I've got any clients and I'll do that. I've got a um, little group that just started that we do. Um, we'll be just a talking group, you know, we just get together as women and we just chat. And um, there's a, another lady that co-facilitates with me and we just have a wonderful time. Other than that, I'm just busy working, planning courses. I've got a a course that I have another one's due to um, the next enrollment is going to be in September yeah for that yeah <laughs> so something that I do and I don't know if you did it but I think it's you can find it really awkward if you are um if you know you know you've got low self-worth and hardly not you know no confidence Positive affirmations was a big thing for me that I started up. So as well as journaling, I would stand in front of a mirror and I would tell myself that I was enough. Um, and I started doing that. And it's really, really awkward at first. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if that was something that you practiced or you tell your clients um, to, to practice. But I know it can be really, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're hating on yourself, yeah. it's such an awkward practice to be doing. But yeah. actually, the more that you say that, the more that you reinforce that, mm. the more that you start to believe it and the, the more that you can look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with yourself. Absolutely. And yeah, I do encourage um, my clients to, to do affirmations. If they're getting really stuck, you know, if, if, you know, if they're really struggling with, you know, you know, loving themselves, then we will look at that. You know, we will do some work around that and have a look at why they're getting stuck and maybe reframe some of the affirmations so that it works for them. Because there's no point giving them an affirmation that that's unachievable for them or they're not, they're really not connecting with it. So we've got to work, do some work on that for them. Some people can just run with the ones and, you know, you know repetition is good for it to, to to sink in so we but we will do some work if people really do get stuff like you said it can be really really awkward um so yeah we will we will do some stuff around that and just reframe um and get them to write their own as well you know yeah that's nice yeah yeah and for me it's just doing the things that make you smile so it can be the little things that just make you smile you know for me is walking out getting out in nature yeah um i exercise every morning so i get my music on so i i do my meditation and then i exercise for half an hour to house music i like house music yeah. so so I have that blasting out, do my exercise, and then I'll get on with my day. But it just puts me in a good stead for the rest of the day, you know, and puts yeah. me in that positive mindset. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, that's kind of my routine. Yeah. Um, before we finish, I just wanted to say that we met last week. And yes. it was an absolute honour to meet you. 
Um, you know, you're such a beautiful soul. I am absolutely honoured. Um, and we're excited. It's so exciting because we've just got a little bit of funding to do my first ever pilot retreat. And it's going to be for eight to ten women. And it's free. All the spaces are free. So um, if it's something that you would like to do, it's a full day, 10 till 4. We're going to be immersed in nature. It's going to be in a wooden wellness cabin. We're going to have a sound bath. Marcia, you're coming along in the morning to do a bit of coaching with the women. We're going to go see the alpacas. We're just going to do lots of mindful work it's just going to be a beautiful day so if you feel that you've come from an abusive relationship and you're really struggling to find yourself again come to the retreat it's going to be a beautiful day where you can just recalibrate and and just process maybe what the things have been happening and move forward because it's so important. You know, I was stuck for many, many years and I know how important it is to just move forward. And I don't want other women to be stuck like I was, or I'm sure you feel the same Marcia that you would like, yeah. um, you know, the women to, to, to be confident again. And no, there is life after trauma so if that's something that you would like to come to it's on saturday the 3rd of september and if um yeah if you want to come along just let us know send us a message marcy has got the details as well so you can contact either me or marcia to find out if there's any places or just let us know if you want to come along so that kind of brings me to the end of the podcast. I mean, it's just been great. I've loved chatting with you. And, you know, I've just, yeah, and just connecting with you. You know, we, we connect for a reason. I believe everything happens in life for a reason. I really do. Um, and I believe I met you for that same reason. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming thank on you. tonight. Thank you for asking me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.